Welcome to No More Mondays, the podcast that helps you navigate career challenges through the wisdom of professionals who have been at the same crossroads. I'm your host, Angie Callen, and I welcome you to join me each week as I chat with leaders, entrepreneurs, and employees who are here to share practical, tactical advice and some inspiration on how they arrived at career satisfaction. From job searching and career changes to going out on your own, we're breaking down barriers and providing actionable takeaways to help you take charge of your Mondays and ditch the Sunday blues. Welcome to the No More Mondays movement. Hello out there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of No More Mondays. As always, I'm your host, Angie Callen. And if you've ever convinced yourself you can't do something because you've never done it before, then you better be all ears for this episode. As someone who has been told more than once that my speed of implementation and can-do attitudes are a little off the charts, I'm about to be rivaled, y'all. You're about to meet my friend, Robert Peterson, and he and I have known each other Uh, for several years from networking where we also have the reputation of having a little bit too much fun because of our complete lack of poker faces that reveal exactly what we're thinking. And Robert is a force to be reckoned with, and you're going to get to learn some of his secret sauce today. He started out a post-military career as a planter, pastor, and mentor in the Christian ministry before moving on to his current work in entrepreneurship coaching, where he focuses on adding value to life by helping owners grow their businesses. When Robert puts his mind to something, he does it, including writing a book and publishing it in some ridiculous amount of days that you could almost count on like your hands and toes, Uh, crazy ramp up of a podcast and all kinds of other super cool, let's do this mentality projects he's accomplished in his business. And you're about to hear all about it and so much more as I welcome Robert Peterson to the show. Robert, welcome to No More Mondays. Wow, Angie, thank you so much. First of all, I love No More Mondays because I believe every day is fantastic and, you know, we can dive in and and do what we want to do. And so Monday's a fantastic way to start a week. You're uh, you're giving a little glimpse to how we'll end the show. But before we get there, we have lots to talk about. Um, And I always have fun when we have our conversations. Shameless plug, I'm on one of the early episodes of Robert's podcast, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But Let's give everybody kind of a little bit of, of background on you and some context. So tell tell our listeners about you and what you, you're doing right now in the world of kind of business and entrepreneurship. Tell them about Add Value to Life. Yeah, so we started Add Value to Life Consulting in 2018. Um, I'd spent 20 years in ministry as a you know, pastor, missionary, and pretty much coaching people, but didn't recognize it as coaching at the time. And really thought I'd go out into the corporate world and be, you know, a consultant and a trainer and teaching people leadership because I have all this leadership background and experience and and I don't like working for companies. And so um, it turns out I love entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs are so much like the missionaries I've been working with my whole life. And so I really identified with the heart of an entrepreneur and love to help entrepreneurs, you know, find success and take another step. But more importantly, just have somebody on their side because they've they've taken this leap into the world of the unknown and and they're doing something out there that very few people are willing to do and they don't have a lot of support or they're not willing to ask for support. So I'm kind of the guy that shoves himself into their life and says, hey, you need some help and I'm here to help you. Bingo. And it's we both know you being an entrepreneur yourself and, you know, we have some overlap both in perspectives and kind of what we do. It's it can be a little bit lonely. 
uh, when you're doing this stuff and jamming on this stuff yourself. And it's really nice to have that kind of sounding board and support, even if it's forced. <laughs> well, the challenge is that independent spirit that causes somebody to jump into entrepreneurship is also the independent spirit that holds them back from asking for help. That's very true. And I, I, uh, I'll, I'll give you my kind of quick, just personal experience with that is I'm very similar to you that I, I'm not very good at being told what to do. Um, I'm kind of unemployable and um, tend to think that, you know, I can, I can, if I put my mind to something, I can do it and just, why not, why be confined to somebody else's agenda? And a year ago, I started working with a coach for the first time since I had started my business, which we we began around the same time. And it's definitely a little, um, it's a little uncomfortable because you're like, I'm not used to having somebody in my business, literally and figuratively, and challenging that your your mentality and that like, you know, independence. Well, and I say all the time that it's a little hypocritical for coaches to be out there coaching without having a coach. So um, it. It is a challenge to, to have a coach and, and be holding you accountable and be in your business. But at the same time, they're going to help you take leaps and bounds beyond your expectations for your business growth and for your personal growth. It's totally true. What's that saying? A coach without a coach is like a doctor who won't go to the doctor. And for me, it wasn't because I wouldn't go to the doctor. It was just, you know, you get sucked in. And then all of a sudden you look at it and you go, I need an outside perspective. And and Robert is one of those people who can give you the outside perspective. And I, I would love everybody to know a little bit about your background because uh, you lived around the world and you've made some big transitions that um, people really kind of struggle with. One out of the military and then two out of ministry um, and really this leap into kind of entrepreneurship. But talk to me about some of your world experiences and kind of the crossroads you experienced over the course of your career. Yeah, so obviously I grew up here in Colorado and had never, I mean, our family traveled and did vacation, but we did it on the road. And so I had never flown in my life until I graduated from high school and I flew to San Diego for boot camp and joined the Marines. And uh, the Marine Corps was really good to me. I traveled the world. I was in nine different countries because of the Marine Corps. I've seen the pyramids in Giza. I spent, you know, seen the Sydney Opera House in, in Australia and Hong Kong before it went back to, to China. And so lots of great opportunities to experience the world in a completely different way. And I think that that opened up my mind to this this idea that the world is available, right? And, and for many people, they, they don't know the world outside of their neighborhood. Um, and so for, for me to have had that experience. So after leaving the Marine Corps and, and meeting my wife and getting involved in her church, uh, made the decision to go into, into full-time ministry. I did uh, 96 college credits in two calendar years. And um, because I knew where I was going, I had a purpose. And yep. so once, once I had a purpose, college mattered and I needed to have it done. And and so I got it done, and we moved to Colombia after a year. We spent a year in Costa Rica learning learning Spanish. Um, our son was born in Costa Rica, so that adds a whole other level to your language and culture experience. Um, you know, spending those hospital visits and doctor visits, you know, in a, in another culture. And then we moved to Colombia with our two kids, and and. My wife and I started, you know, coaching Colombian pastors primarily, and really they love to preach and teach. They don't need help in in the Bible and and preaching and teaching, 
But what they do need help in is the fact that church needs to be run like a business. Business. Yes. And so so a, a great deal of my work over those eight years in Columbia was coaching them through the systems and processes necessary for the church to act like a business, the financial things, the, the people systems to keep track of your people and, and, and have, you know, ways to, you know, grow the church and just like you would grow a business. And so really that those were my first, um, coaching experiences outside of, you know, direct Marine Corps leadership <laughs> where I'm telling people what to do. Yeah. Now I'm coming alongside and, and helping them take steps in their in their growth journey. And that really, I think you brought those two things together because I think the worldview is an interesting perspective to bring to ministry, whether it's here in the U.S. or abroad. And then all of that rolled into really looking at, like you said, coach at your, you, know, you were a coach then, even though it was a specific subset. So what was the catalyst that really made you step into your business, this true coaching business full time? What what was the what was the the breaking point or just the ripcord that you pulled? Uh, well, so I actually had my dream job. I was I was living the dream. I was working as a pastor of outreach for a church here in Colorado. And um, it was the same church that had sent us. So I had a 20 year relationship with this church, the leadership, the the, the board of directors, if you were you know, trusted me a great deal. Um, I was changing the the model for supporting our missions partners, which is basically the church was giving 10% of its annual revenue to support ministries around the world. And I was changing that from a transactional model to a relational model, um, visited all of those people in, you know, in their country, in their job, in their home, and and was working really hard to establish a relationship rather than a transaction where the church was exchanging a newsletter for a check each month. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, and the challenge with that is that if a missionary is being supported by a church and the church gets a newsletter that says, well, our marriage is falling apart, the church is going to say, well, now you're no longer qualified to be leaders. And so we're going to stop sending the check because you're not qualified. And so the transaction leaves open the possibility that the missionaries aren't going to tell you what's going on. <laughs> and that's and very s- true. And so from, you know, from my experience as a missionary and my desire to serve people at the highest level is I want to have a relationship. I want them to know that we love them, that we're supporting them, that we've got their back when the, when the crud hits the fan so that when their marriage is struggling or their ministry is struggling and they're having challenges, they're not afraid to say, Hey, we need help. Right. They know that there's an open door, that the money's not going to be an issue. The relationship's not going to be an issue because we're going to put them first and, and we want to help them through it because the church is the best equipped to support them and help them. But if they're afraid to tell the church that they've got these issues, then it's all going to go down before they can ask for help. And I, I actually think that there's a tie in there to like the larger corporate setting where I think a lot of people of all levels have can have that fear of asking for resources or asking for support when they need something because it makes you appear, appear weak and vulnerable and you can't do your job. But oftentimes all that does is send you in a downward spiral and your performance starts to kind of fall off a cliff because you won't just advocate for your needs. And so to me, there's a lot of overlap here between um, you know, relationships in ministry and relationships in business and relationships in a corporate setting. Oh, absolutely. And I think 
you know, for, for me, that was, I mean, it was my dream job and, and I just loved what I was doing. I loved the opportunities and relationships that, that we were building. And, and then the church's leadership changed. My mentor of 20 years retired and the church, you know, eldership, the, the board of directors brought in another, another leader. And there were nine staff members at the beginning and all nine, you know, pretty much left within a year. And I was one of the last ones to leave. Uh, my wife was working for the state and my kids were both here. My fam my parents were both here. And so leaving Colorado was not an option. And the real catalyst was I was tired of being broke. <laughs> and so my church was in Douglas County, which is at the time was one of the seventh richest, you know, per capita richest counties in the country, top 10. And, and I couldn't afford to live there. And so, you know, living close by, I'm living in the metro area, but but it's still a symbol, sign of, you know, the reality. And so I, I decided to start, start my own company and do something for myself. And I think it's not uncommon to uh, the catalyst being something external, like a, a, a large leadership, a large leadership change in a company often does trigger a lot of change in, you know, in, in that reporting structure, because it's just, it's just too different, good or bad. It's just very, very different. And so I feel like that's a logical shift. And then looking at it and saying, you know, financially, I'm going to take the bull by the horns and set kind of my own destination. And I always, I always, I mean, everybody for, for the three fans of no more Mondays who listen to every single episode. Hi mom. (laughs) I, uh, I, I say a million times that I don't I think there's no better exploration into self-discovery than entrepreneurship. So I'm curious over the last four or five years, what have you learned about yourself? What kind of introspective introspection has come to you now that you're truly in entrepreneurship? Yeah, well, the first first one is I have a terrible relationship with money. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I didn't I didn't know how money worked. I didn't know how what what money could do. And, and I certainly didn't believe that I deserved and should have money. Right. Or the idea that, and so really ended up digging into some of the money mindset ideas that had been set at unintentionally by my parents, because my dad did the exact opposite of what I was doing. And, and my dad did very well with his money, but we never talked about it in a way other than, you know, balancing your checkbook, not spending more than you make, like nothing beyond the basics. And, and then, and then of course, some of the money mindset that gets planted by the church. And it's interesting because the more I've explored this, the more I've come to recognize that it's, it's unintentional. It creates, so, you know, there's certain Bible verses that say things about money. And if you take them at face value, just that verse by itself, your brain will say, oh, that means money's bad. Exactly. Right? Like the idea that you can't serve two masters, you can't serve God and money. The problem is that's putting money in a position that it's not supposed to be in, which is exactly what scripture is trying to tell you. Don't put money in the position where it's has control over you, where it's, where it's leading you, where you're in debt. Right. And, and, and yet, you know, Jesus is very clear about, he came to give us life and give it to us abundantly. He came to, he came to, uh, teach us to use money. In fact, the parable of the talents is very clearly a money parable. And if you take the money and bury it, then you should have at least put it in the bank rather than the two that used the money to multiply it and, and, and use it for good. And so, so there's, there's very clear messaging in the Bible that, 
that gets misread and misdirected in, in a negative mindset takes it into that place where where money is competing with your love for the Lord and and it's not it's not really that way. It doesn't have to be that way. It's not supposed to be that way. <laughs> I am uh, I am resisting the urge to take this into a theological conversation about the misinterpretations of the Bible and considering current <laughs> events I just ain't going to go there Robert however good, good call what you bring up is a really interesting I think bigger point that you know we're given a purpose and we're given gifts and we're given blessings but we have to have the resources in order to go use them for what we're meant to use them for which is why money can't be a bad thing it's a tool And you can make it your master, but just because you have it doesn't mean it's your master. And I think this is the perfect segue to talking about your book, because when you shifted into entrepreneurship, you really had to, one, almost upskill some practical tools around the financial management aspects of a business. But a lot of this is a a money mindset or a mind shift. And I'm thinking that a lot of this was the platform of the book. And this this is an amazing and a ridiculous story at the same time. So tell everybody about about the book, but you also have to tell everybody how quickly it came to life. So tell us all about that experience. Yeah, so the book's called The Entrepreneur Mindset Shift, and it focuses on basically the, the, the basic mindset shifts that you have to make in order to be successful as an entrepreneur. And so we talk about the brain and how the brain works and, and how it impacts your habits and, of course, how to reprogram it, right? 95% of the decisions we make are made by our subconscious. And so the majority of people are on autopilot every day. And and unless they make an intentional choice to change that autopilot, reprogram it, they will continue to be on autopilot and, and they will continue living the life that they're living because they can't change their habits and can't change the things going on. And many times we didn't program the autopilot. Like you said, it's subconscious or it's rooted in how we were raised, stories we were told when we were young. And if if you just let the plane fly, you're you're destined to go wherever it was automatically programmed to go, not necessarily where you want to drive it to. Absolutely. And and I think for some pe- most people that's a surprise. Like most people think they think most people think they think and most people think they make incredible decisions in their life. And and the truth is they they really don't. <laughs> Sorry, everybody out there, your decisions suck. You know, I um, it, uh, the irony of of this conversation about kind of um, you know faith and 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 the Bible is is it, it's just about to get ironic because my my um, equivalent of what you're kind of talking about is that there's this thing called the entrepreneurial mind bleep that I will not say <laughs> because this is a PG rated podcast, but it's the very same thing of your I think your mindset dictates ninety eight percent of your success in an entrepreneurial endeavor because, especially in the early days, it's so easy to ride the ups and downs and the waves of euphoria. Holy crap, I just got my next, my new, my first client. And oh no, I haven't had leads for five days. Oh my gosh, look at all this money that just came into my bank account. Holy cow, I haven't had a deposit in a month, right? And if you are too emotionally in tune with the with the ups and downs of the short term, it's very, very hard to find that baseline of consistency and faith and trust, think and grow rich, that will kind of keep you going. You've got to keep your eye on that long-term prize because if you just are too focused on what's happening from day to day, you're either going to throw up or you're going to get off that ride faster than you than you got on. Well, you can't focus on the outcome. I think that's the piece that you have to let go. So you can't focus on 
the the money coming in and out of the bank account because you're right that'll that'll trash you but if you focus on the process you focus on the habits you focus on the behaviors that that are going to get you there and you trust those behaviors that are going to get the result that you want and then and then you have to focus on you know am i making my calls am i getting the meetings am Am I getting the closes after the meetings? And then, of course, you know, is my product, is my service matching what I promise? Am I delivering way more value than I'm taking from people in money and cash? And if you're doing those things, the roller coaster goes away pretty quick. If you do the things, the things will come. And you're good at doing the things. So was it was it a month you wrote this book? Uh, it's seven days. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, I thought it was like maybe one hand because you set a goal, right? You were like, I'm going to publish this book for my birthday. Yeah. Well, actually, no. So I, uh, the, I looked at my calendar between Christmas and New Year's, which is normally a week I would take off. And I had one one hour meeting. And, and so, uh, so outside of that meeting, I said, oh, I think it's time to write this book. And so I'm, I'm going to write the book. And so I spent the days between. And so Christmas was on a Christmas and New Year's were both on a holiday, so those were both three-day weekends, longer weekends, and then the five, you know, the, the week in between. And I used that week and basically committed to writing six thousand words a day for those days between the two. And of course, over the the New Year's holiday, we tweaked and we. But I had a phone call. I had actually had two phone calls with two publishers, January fourth and January fifth, and. And the second publisher said, when's your birthday? And I said, March. And he's like, oh, we could have this ready for your birthday. We actually had it by February 12th. I had 200 copies <laughs> of my book by February 12th. That's like six weeks, everybody. That is unheard <laughs> of. And I don't even know if you can get like a print on demand Amazon book sent to you that Oh, quickly. no. Amazon's much slower. <laughs> yeah. Let alone write to print that fast. So if you ever tell yourself, I can't do this because I've never done it and I don't have enough time, just go hit repeat on this podcast, please. Well, and that's, so that statement you're making right there is I can't do this because I haven't done it. If the, hu if the human race lived by that creed, we'd all be living in caves still. People. We wouldn't be talking to each other over <laughs> Squadcast right now. That's for sure. And that's, I tell people that's the that most all the ridiculous time. statement. I, how could anybody wake up and say that's their excuse it's and again if we go back to sub like subconscious mindsets i think this is one of them that comes up in both in the career and in like an entrepreneur an, an employment to entrepreneurship transition which is something i could go off on and talk about all day long but you know there's that like it's it to me it's almost like imposter syndrome and it's and we inflict it on ourselves more than somebody else assumes it about us but there's that definitely like it comes up with, let's say, a mid-level manager who wants to become a director. Well, I've never led a team of 50 before. How am I going to be a director? Have you led a team of 10? Yeah. OK, it's all economies of scale. Just because you haven't done 50 doesn't mean you can't. You know what I mean? And so you really have to let people you have to give people permission that idea that just because they've been in a box doesn't mean they can't go to another box. And I tell them the exact same thing. I'm like, if, if everybody only ever did exactly what they can do, literally, we would still be living in caves. <laughs> Like, that could actually be. I don't. I don't know that I'd mind living in a cave if I'm honest. But <laughs> oh wait, now wait. As long as the cave has high speed internet and a refrigerator, you're yes, good. <laughs> yes. Today's episode is brought to you by Libsyn. Do you have an idea for a great new podcast? You can bring your idea to life and start your podcast today with Libsyn. Our podcast has been on Libsyn for two years now, and we love it. 
Libsyn has everything you need to plan, launch, and grow your own podcast. Libsyn provides some of the best resources created by expert podcasters who will show you everything you need to know, like what equipment you should use, how to record great audio, how to get your show onto Apple Podcasts and other popular platforms, and much more. Plus, as a friend of No More Mondays, when you sign up with Libsyn, you get your first month of podcast hosting for free. There has never been a better time than right now for you to start podcasting. Visit Libsyn.com and use the code FRIEND, F-R-I-E-N-D. That's Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com and use the code FRIEND, F-R-I-E-N-D, to get started and create your podcast today. And now back to the show. I think a lot of this is like the stories that we we tell ourselves because you did the exact same thing with Add Value to Life, your podcast. I mean, you had like 70 episodes in the can before I went, Robert, you started a podcast? <laughs> yeah, we uh, so we actually procrastinated on it a little bit because I, I made the commitment. I wrote it in my journal January 2020 that I was going to start a podcast. I bought the equipment. I, I had it literally. I got mics sitting on my desk. I got the soundboard sitting over here. Um, I had lighting because I was planning to do it, you know, on video as well. And so January 2020, of course, you know, everybody knows what happened in 2020. And I wish I did. I wish I'd have done it then because it would have it would have 10x versus I didn't start it till July of 21. Um, but I just made the decision I'm going to go for it, you know, and we started doing one episode a week. Every guest I ask, who do you know that I need to have on the show? And they introduced me to two or three. Well, if you multiply one guest a week times two or three, you pretty quickly have a lot of opportunities to interview people. Um, and so we by so July, we started right at the end of July, August. My wife had a, a terrible medical incident, spent two weeks in the hospital, and we still didn't miss an episode because we had so many already pre-recorded. And, and as soon as she got out of the hospital and, and we were trying to roll back into normal, we were doing four episodes a week. And I can tell you right now that we've already recorded our 200th episode. Um, I think I didn't 100, know that. 170 releases this week. So there's still uh, six weeks, <laughs> six weeks recorded ahead of where we, you know, the, re the episode that dropped today. And so it's uh, it's been it's been crazy. But I I have never been afraid to ask anybody to be on the podcast. And so I put it out there. And of course, I started with my friends. I started with the people I knew. I started with the people that were here local and, and I had networked with. But very quickly, they those people introduced me to people. And pretty soon I'm interviewing people in Florida and I'm interviewing Bob Berg, who wrote The Go-Giver. I was going to say, you got some big names through that network. And it, it just continues. I've, I've interviewed Mark Victor Hansen and his wife, Crystal. I've interviewed Gay and, and Katie Hendricks, you know, who started the Hendricks Institute and 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 the their disciples started Conscious.is and, you know, which is conscious living. I mean, there's just incredible, incredible people. And it's all been because people are willing to jump on podcasts. Yeah. Well, and you're not afraid to ask the question. So shameless plug. I'm one of the first I'm one of the early episodes. So you can go back and listen to it. And um, I think what I think a message that came out of all of this is just subduing the fear of kind of the ask. This actually came up in a I was I was doing a presentation for like an MBA alumni group this week. And this this idea of like putting yourself out there and the fear around it came up and people just really have this hesitancy. It's probably I mean, it's likely out of fear of rejection 
However, you, for every rejection you get, you're going to get something that kind of inches you forward. And if you can just subdue that fear and you put yourself out there, look what can happen. You've had 200 amazing conversations, which also provides a referral network for your business now. And all of that, and, and then the book and everything starts to really come together in this ecosystem that's helping you level up as a business. Oh, absolutely. I mean, so yeah, so let's talk about fear a little bit. I mean, the idea, you just got to remind yourself, what's the worst that could happen? You know, yep. a, a, they're not going to show up at my house and, and, and call the cops and say, Robert Why did was you bugging ask me, me this? asking me to be on his podcast, right? They're not going to show up with guns and burning pitchforks. So what's the worst that can happen is they say no. Like, so. And they're more I, likely just not to respond than say no. Uh, I actually, absolutely. I look at that as the worst thing that can happen is that a year from now you regret not trying to do it. Right. Absolutely. Well, and, and there's, there are some people that, that I've asked and, and their, their staff responded and they got a hold of me and they said, well, here's our standards. You, you got to have 10,000 downloads an episode. And I, okay, I'm, Goals. I'll get a hold. Of, I'll get a hold of you when that happens and, and we'll have a conversation. And then I looked it up. 10,000 downloads an episode is like top half percent. Yeah. We're talking like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, of all exactly. the millions of podcasts. Like, okay. We're talking about like NPR's uh, podcasts, pretty like limited, that kind of stuff. Pretty limited window. But you know what? The truth of it is out of the hundreds of people I've asked, only two or three have focused on the number of downloads or the number of this or the number of that. The majority of them have said, sure, sure. I'd love to have a conversation. Now, some of the some of the people only give you 30 minutes, but I make sure to take advantage of every minute of that 30 exactly. minutes and recording from the time they get the time they get on screen to the time they get off and and try to put as much of it in in the show as we can. And so what Robert's talking about isn't just about getting podcast guests. This this could be about clients if you own a business and reaching out and, and attempting to prospect or reach out to like that really, you know, dream client that you have. It could even be about job searching where it's like, you know, I really want to work for this company, but I'm afraid to reach out and connect with somebody who works there. Hmm. The worst thing that's going to happen is they probably just won't respond because they don't respond to anybody. You're not going to get blacklisted from an application because you attempt to connect with an employee. However, the up potential upside is that you make a great you make a great connection and you have an internal referral and you get an interview. So to me it's like what have you got to lose? Right. Well, and and even better is every connection, right? So so if somebody from the staff reaches out and then you're, you're, you're like, oh, OK, hey, what's it like to work there? You know, give me give me the inside scoop, because you can ask that person without feeling like an idiot because they're not going to be in your job interview. And now you get to the you get to their boss and you've got a couple more pieces of inside information about, hey, this is why I want to work here, because this company has these pieces. And so every every call or every contact is potential information that you can use and and of course you know i take advantage of of every connection you know somebody introduces me or, or makes a connection and i'm going to use that person man their episode was great we had a great conversation about this i think you'd be a great guest because of that connection and because of this and so it's the same thing you know a job interview or otherwise you know Work your way in and, and you can ask the secretaries or the person that answers the phone, you know, hey, what's it like to work there? What's your favorite part? And, and those are those give you tidbits about like if a company is going to blacklist you because you looked for information, 
you don't want to work there anyway. That's exactly what I say. <laughs> if they're like, oh, you tried to reach out. No, you're too aggressive. Not <laughs> a fit. And I feel like this is a this is a great line of conversation because, you know, you and I have a lot of similarities in that, like, I'm a constant idea generator and I also have the compulsion to execute them on le- uh, like you. Uh, one of the things that my coach and I have worked on over the last year is not executing every idea because sometimes that isn't the right thing to do. But but this idea of um, putting yourself out there, c- kind of combating that fear, making connections, making the ask, these are all really great practical suggestions, whether you're a budding entrepreneur who's trying to grow or, or, or get their business really going, whether you are job searching, whether you're somebody transitioning into entrepreneurship. So I want to know what other great practical words of wisdom do you have for people out there who are just trying to get it done? Well, I mean, obviously the, the, just do it right. If it's, if you get an idea, make sure you do something with it. And, and for people that are idea generators like yourself, You've got to at least honor the idea by writing it down, right? And 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 being able to recognize, okay, I'm not executing on these things right now, but I've got a network of people. Maybe one or two of these ideas are for them. And when you're open to that, guess what happens? You keep getting more ideas. And so I think that's really important. But really, this the second chapter uh, in in my book is everybody's favorite. At least um, it's it's titled Own Your and take responsibility for your life. And so we'll keep your podcast PG. And actually in the book, it's a dollar sign. Own so your it poop, says, everybody. Yeah. The pastor says, own your poop. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not afraid to, to throw it out there. And, you know, truth be told, God created all of us and all of us do that. And that's the other yep. reminder, I think, for everybody is that boss, that person you're walking in on that room, you know what? They still put their pants on the same exact way. They're Jeff still Bezos, humans as well. Jeff, yeah, they're absolutely humans. And, and you know what? If if one human can do what what he's doing, then then you could do it too. And so, what makes him so special? There's nothing. There's nothing except the decisions that he's made, the choices that he's made to have the life that that he wants. And so, you need to make the choices that that you need to make to to get the life that you want. And so, <laughs> that's the biggest piece I think for people is is you need to know what you want. You and that's where to, that idea of owning it comes yeah, in. Yeah, own totally. it. Totally. And, and, you know, the problem with so many people, I mean, what's the, the statistics? 70 to 80% of people hate their jobs. And and I think we're we're culturally taught to hate your job. We're, we're, we're culturally prepared to, you know, to hate the Monday through Friday. That's the reason your your podcast is, you know, titled what it is, because everybody everybody's working for the weekend, which is ridiculous, right? And so part of... Owning your life is saying, all right, this is the life that I want. Now, what do I got to do to get it? And figure it out. Do I need to start a business? Do I need to have a side hustle? Do I need to, do I need to, <laughs> there are, there are legitimate ways to serve people, to, to get yourself promoted, to get the job you want, to, to have the lifestyle that you want. And I'm telling you, if you're not, if you don't enjoy your life, if you're not enjoying the journey, pull the, pull the cord on the side of the bus and get on a different bus, people. Do something about it. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you you bring up this idea that, uh, so when Career Benders was born, the name Benders came from the idea of wanting to help people shape their future. So Career Shapers was a stupid name. So the thesaurus helped me out there. <laughs> but it, a lot of it was rooted in this idea and just observation that I have that we, and you hit the nail on the head, we're really accepting of kind of professional mediocrity in this country and that like the four letter F word fine is exactly that. 
And I, I subscribe to the idea, and maybe this is the, I'm a Gen Xer with some millennial tendencies in me, but I fully subscribe to the idea that you're permitted to have more, but f- to go back to that like practical advice, you have to know what it is you want. And sometimes really sitting down, setting those goals, owning what you have and what you don't have, taking stock is a good place to start. Well, and it's, and it's, more, than, it's more than wanting. Everybody wants more. Everybody Everybody wants more. They want more pay. They want more stuff. They want more. And, and I think the challenge is so many people are stuck in that autopilot of I'm going to do just enough work so I don't get fired and the company's going to pay me just enough money so I don't quit. And that's the life. What kind of life is that? If that's the life you're living. Exactly. And it's okay <laughs> to want what you want. And, and get it. That's the yeah. thing is you can get it if you if you choose to have a plan, live intentionally and take responsibility for your life. Look at us. We're adding value to life and making sure nobody has no more Mondays. Look at that. <laughs> how to how to put those two together. All right. So uh, I want we like to give everybody out there as many little n- nuggets of wisdom as possible. So we're going to play a little game. It's called rapid fire recommendations. It's usually slow fire recommendations. So don't don't worry. <laughs> don't be too stressed or nervous. And I'm excited for the first one because you've been to a lot of cool places. What's your most memorable travel destination? Um, I would say Kenya because I took was able to take my wife to Kenya on a safari and, and her and I were able to go on, on that trip, just the two of us. And so so Kenya was it was supposed to be our 25th anniversary trip, but we were there supporting missionaries and, and, and staying with some very close friends and, but did get to do a safari and spend three days out in the bush. So oh, amazing. that was pretty cool. Speaking of large orange cats. Uh, all right. So you're going to give us two book recommendations because you're going to remind us about yours and where people can get it. And then I want you to give us a second. Yeah. So my books, the entrepreneur mindset shift, it's a real easy read. It's 105 pages. Um, and, and I think, I mean, it's, it's been well-received. People really appreciate what it says. It's easy to read. It's an airplane read. I say, you know, grab it before you get on the plane and you'll be done before the end. But it has lots of application and things to, to actually do to make a difference in your life. Um, you can get it at robertcpeterson.com. That's probably the easiest place to, to type in a domain. You know, but it's also on Amazon. Oh, perfect. On Amazon. And we're going to link to it in show notes. And don't discount the airplane read. One of the my favorite books I've ever read specific to coaching was an airplane, airplane air, you know, airport bookstore pickup. Read it on the plane ride home. Uh, okay, so give us a not Robert C. Robert C. Peterson book recommendation. Oh, there's obviously so many. I mean, like the, 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 the bookshelves are full, but I'm old school. Everybody's going to say, you know, Napoleon Hill, but I'm a, I'm a Wallace D. Waddles fan. So the science of getting rich is is pretty powerful. Um, and, and it's all application. If you apply what Wallace D. Waddles says, he doesn't say there's a secret. He doesn't say there's there's something hidden you got to figure out. He just says, do this. See, and there is your mentality. Just do this. <laughs> Uh, all right, well, lighten things up. What's your favorite movie? Uh, greatest Showman. Oh, I mean, it's I mean, Hugh it's Jackman. A, it's, it's Hugh Jackman. How can you yeah, not love well, it? Well, and it's and the songs and everything about it is entrepreneurial. P.T. Barnum was an incredible entrepreneur. That's very true. And so, so yeah, for me, it's the it's helping people dream bigger. It's helping people believe in their dream and then and then do it right. Have a dream, go broke finding it, and then start all over. Do it again. 
Uh, I love that the reason you like that movie is because it ties into this entire conversation and not just because it's Hugh Jackman singing and dancing. And of course, you've got, uh, I always ask about a podcast and you've got a very good one to plug. So. Yeah. So it's add value. The number two add value to entrepreneurs and you can find it at everywhere. It's on 64 different directories. And so we just added French directory. It's on a, it's in a, it's, it's in France and you have to listen to it in English because we're not translating, but it's, it's crazy now. We're, we're, we're in Spanish directories and yeah, it's all over the world now. So we're pretty excited to have add value to entrepreneurs is taking over the world quite literally. <laughs> and you hinted at it at the beginning of the show, but this is a show about Mondays. What's the first word that comes to mind when I say Monday? Get it done. I love it. You're allowed, you're allowed a three word pass on that. And I don't even need to say why, because I think that brings this whole conversation to a nice culmination of just. As we kind of wrap things up, uh, you mentioned your website, but I want to give everybody uh, a way to track you and your journey. So where can everybody follow along with you and your book and your podcast and everything that you're doing in an amazing and intentional life? I LinkedIn, I, I think LinkedIn's, you know, my biggest I mean, I'm on Facebook too, but LinkedIn is, is where we really, you know, it, it's, it's definitely more business related. It definitely is where we share everything that's happening on the business side. And it's where we're growing our business. We're, we're building relationships through LinkedIn. And uh, Robert's connected to me, so you can find him there. And again, we will uh, link all of this, the book, the podcast, uh, the website, and Robert's LinkedIn profile to the show notes. Uh, he's done some great stuff live on there with his wife, who has incidentally also left her full-time corporate job thanks to these endeavors, and the two of them are collaborating on some really amazing stuff. So I would definitely recommend tuning in to Robert there because if you haven't noticed, he's got some really great wisdom to offer. And we're going to get one more little gold nugget out of you before we say goodbye. What is your number one piece of advice on what everybody can out there can do to get one step closer to a satisfying career? Believe in yourself. You have value that the world needs and you just have to believe in it enough to put yourself out there. I have nothing to add to that because it's a great, it is, a, and it's a, it is whether you're an entrepreneur or an employee, the mindset shift can do very big things to what you think your potential is. So I hope all of you out there will take Robert's advice to heart and believe in yourself because you do have value to give. Robert, this has been amazing. I feel like we could go down rabbit holes and talk about all kinds of fun stuff all day, but this is the perfect point to say thank you so much for joining us, for being on the show, and being part of the No More Mondays movement. I always love talking to people who have figured out how to just get it done and how to believe in themselves. And not only is Robert doing that, but he's helping others do the same, and that's pretty amazing. So there's some great advice and just great inspiration in this episode. I hope all of you out there enjoyed it. And we'll follow along in with Robert and his amazing journey. So thank you again so much for joining us today. Well, Angie, thank you so much for the opportunity, for your friendship, and, and for all the love and support you've shared with my wife and I. It is never, never going away. I'm so grateful to have you in my circle. And for everybody out there, all of you listeners who so faithfully support No More Mondays, I would love for you to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five-star rating. As Robert knows, that's a huge help to going global and helping us to continue inspiring confident professionals with these amazing stories. 
If you'd like to leave us comments, feedback, guest suggestions, or again, grab all the links and show notes from today's episode, visit us online at nomoremondays.info. And we'll see you again next week for another episode of No More Mondays. Thanks for joining us for another episode of No More Mondays. Tune in next week as we bring you more insights and actions to help you improve your professional life and find career satisfaction. Don't forget, visit us online at nomoremondays.info for all the details, show notes, and recommendations from this episode. No More Mondays, we drop new episodes every Wednesday. No More Mondays is brought to you by Career Benders Inc. in partnership with executive producer Jane Durkee. For more information about career coaching, resume writing, personal branding, recruiting, and entrepreneurship coaching services, visit our website at careerbenders.com.